children's church. You're dismissed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand up one more time. Give him a praise. Biggest, loud as you can. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 We glorify your name this morning, Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Glory to God. You got handed a little card before church or right during church sometime. If you got that little card, keep up with it. You're going to get three more before this series is ended. I probably won't deal with much about what's on it this morning. It's seeds for the soul, for good soul. On the back of it, it has a scripture. And this will be your stand on. Amen. I think we know it by heart. But you know what? It's good to know the thoughts of God every now and then, ain't it? Amen. We can't hear him think, but we can know what he says he thinks by his word. Amen. So we have his word on it. It's just like somebody writing you a check. Amen. I'm just going to cash in on it. Amen. It's my word. When you got good word, the last sermon that I'll preach in this series will open up this understanding about the seeds. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk, this series is beginning, that we're going to talk about destined for greatness. Our church and you as individuals are destined for great things. Amen? Isn't that what we believe? Oh, don't, don't get quiet on me. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor now, right now and I want you to tell him, I will not get mad at the pastor this morning. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. I hope you remember that. Because this week, I have fussed, and I have raised all kind of sand with God about this series. But if we're going to be great, we're going to have to plant good seed. We got good seed. We know the seed's good, right? It's the word. Amen? We just got to get our ground right. Amen? So this morning, I hope this will set on some good soil this morning. Amen? Hallelujah, because we're, we're destined for great things at CWC. And before we can do great things, we've got to realize who we are and what we're not. Before restoration, that's the season we're in, that's the year this year. You understand, God, every time you have a restoration, you always got a pruning. Amen? And we don't like that cutback, do we? Huh? So this is your cutback this morning. It was my cutback all the last three weeks. And I've been saying, God, really? Are you going to give me a break? So you only got one morning of this, hopefully. And the next three is pretty good. <laughs> all right. So this morning, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 29. And the great thing about this is you that have been here a long time have heard this before. And so God, when he told me to preach it again this week, I was like, really, Lord? There's some older people that's been there for a long time and heard this, and they think I run out of sermons. But I know when God says rewind, it's for a reason. I mean, knows when God repeats anything, it's important in the Bible. He says, verily, verily, he wants you to listen. Amen. If it says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And it says it all the way through the New Testament. 
If you have an ear, how many is that talking to? Everybody in this building. All right, chapter 29 in uh, 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 Genesis. You can skip over there, brother. I think I'm through with all them other slides. I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 29, verse 14. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him a space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? Number 16. And Laban had two daughters, and the name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah was tender-eyed. Uh, everybody wonders what that tender-eyed means. The Bible uh, doesn't make it clear. Uh, some people say she cried a lot, but the, uh, I believe a lot of the uh, uh, commentators says she was tangle-eyed. You couldn't tell which way she was looking, what we would call cross-eyed. They called it tangle-eyed back then. I don't know what for, but anyway. Leah was tender-eyed or tangle-eyed, and Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Numbers 18, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Abide with me. Stay with me. Number, number 20, and Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but, but, but a few days for, he loved, for the love he had for her. Have you ever done something you loved and it just seemed like time flown? And Jacob said, Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. Number 22. And Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass that evening that he took Leah, his daughter, brought her to him, and he went in unto her. Number 24. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah, Zilpah, his handmaid for a handmaid, or his maid for a handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said unto Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve thee with thee for Rachel? Wherefore hast thou beguiled me? Number 26. And Laban said, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also. For the service thou shalt serve with me yet another seven years. Golly. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to be his wife also. And Laban gave to Rachel his, his daughter Bilah, his handmaid, to be her maid and going to 30, and he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, and served with him another seven years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened up her womb, but Rachel was barren. Let's, let's look at the rest of this. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. Everybody say Reuben. Reuben, for she said, surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Huh? My husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord hath heard I was hated, he therefore hath given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again. And bear a son. And she said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, she called, was his name called 
Levi. And he, he conceived again and bare a son. And she said, now will I praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. And she left bearing. Now, I want you to notice that this lady in the text name was Leah. And Jacob, had uh, through a system of labor, had worked seven years for one woman whom he loved. And he got tr- tricked and got an ugly woman. How many know those families? There's that one sister. Yeah, okay. Get off of that one. (laughs) But he worked seven years, but the seven years seemed to go back like seven days. He seemed like he just worked a week. And he is tricked into marrying his her sister. The scripture says that she was tangled-eyed or tender-eyed, but it but it did couldn't tell you the way he was looking. Her name means gazelle. She was ugly. She didn't come in a nice package. She come in a paper cardboard box. But she was gifted. You understand what I'm saying? She was blessed. And it said because she was hated, God opened her wound. It's hard for me not to deal with that right this minute, but I got to move on. But you know when, uh, it's crazy how somebody can be hated and God bless them. Because of somebody's hate. Hard for me not to deal with that. But I got to move. She was gifted. She was hated. But the Lord opened her womb. If your enemies understood that, that God blesses you when they hate you. But here's a woman who has low self-esteem. She's married to a man that hates her. I mean, y'all ladies got that one. Oh, he spent the night with her, woke up the next morning, knew she wasn't the sister. And the Bible says in the morning, she saw that it was Leah, and now she was married to somebody that doesn't like her. That doesn't see her, her progress, that doesn't know who she is, that doesn't even care to know who she is. And she begins to give, but the Lord blesses her, opens her womb. She begins to give birth, and you find out that she births the first son. His name was Reuben. The second son, his name was Simeon. The third son, his name is Levi. And the fourth son, his name is Judah. Now, I want to talk for a few minutes on the sons. I want to go back to them just for a minute. And their names mean something in what Leah was going through. So Leah was going through something, so she named the first one Reuben because she said maybe God will hear me. Reuben means to hear or to see. That's it. Reuben means, means, no, Reuben means to hear. There we go. I got confused. I'm going back to, and I'm dealing with the second one first, so that's what threw me off. (laughs) But anyway, Reuben means to love and to hear. The next thing, she bore Simeon, and she said, my husband will see me now. So it means to see. The third one, It said, my husband will be joined to me or be committed. So she named him Levi. Because she said, I hope now my husband will get joined to me and get committed. By the fourth one, she had figured out that nobody was going to treat her like she wanted to be treated. And she said, God, I'll praise you anyway. And she named him Judah. I've learned to praise God in whatever state that I'm in. 
So you understand uh, that Leah's children have significance on her as a woman, but it also has significance in the order as our Christian life. You see, you can't be a Christian until you go by Simeon and you see what a mess you're in and see what a problem you're in and you get tired of it and you quit it. Amen? You got to get away from it. You got to stop hating on people. If you're tired of hating on people, stop it. You got to quit. See what your mistake is and stop it. All right, I got to hurry. Whew. Can't be pushed into being a Christian. You can't do it for your mother. You can't do it for your grandma. You can't do it because your wife wants you to. And you can't do it because there's pretty girls in the church. And you can't do it because there's young, handsome guys in the church. You can't do it because somebody's going to help you in the church. So you want to be joined to that church because there's rich people. And Come on. Yeah, why y'all getting quiet? You can't do it for that reason. you got to see where you are and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to change. See. It's a Simeon got to recognize your old wretched man that you are. It's not going to work anymore. It's miserable. It's ugly. It's wasting your time. And you got to move on. Till you see that, you'll never be able to change and make a transformation big enough to make God know who you want to be in your life. Till you wake up in the middle of it and say, it's not for me anymore. Till you see the misery, you cannot or will not change it. Till you look around and say, I'm sick of putting needles in my arm. I'm sick of doing this. It don't make me feel like I want to feel. <laughs> sick, of, sick of looking the way people. You can't even remember what you're mad at them about to be mad at them. Amen. Unforgiven. Do you see your own jealous, fighting, conniving ways? Because everyone don't wrestle with the sins of the flesh. Some wrestles with the sins of the heart. We gossip. We backbite. We talk about everybody as brothers and as dogs. But sometimes we're hateful. We don't smoke. We don't chew. We don't run around with them that do. But we sure are hateful. Come on. Hateful Christians. Always sitting on a bird. Brother Pete Carroll used to tell about this dog that his friend had. And he said, he, he said every time he went over to his house, he said, every time I went over to that friend's house, he said, that dog was sitting out there, sitting out there howling and he said he asked him one day he said why is that dog just sitting out there howling he said well he always sits down on a cooker burn he won't get up why does he do that because he just likes to howl that's some Christians they'll go hunt up a cooker burn patch so they can howl I gotta move on whoa yeah amen I gotta move on you have to fall out with what you're worshiping or you'll continue to worship it Come on. Whoa. See it as miserable. You'd be able to change because at that point you aren't even finished. All right, number two, you have to hear the word. You have to go back to the Reuben. And you have to hear the word. A list of people come to church. A lot of people come to church, they don't hear the word. The devil doesn't care about what flies over your head. He cares about what you get. Come on, we stand up in here in church and we're thinking about Charlie's chicken. It's going to be good in a minute. McDonald's, you're going to have their special. Tomorrow I'll be wearing a new thing to work. And all the time the word is flying and you're not getting it. And you can't live off of what you don't get. 
You understand? I'm, I'm, I'm going to compare it. He said for the grafted word. The grafted word. You understand a skin graft? It doesn't grow overnight. They take that skin off your thigh and put it on your hand or wherever they put it. But it doesn't take, it doesn't grow overnight. And then there's that part that catches hold, it fuses together, and then there's that part that just falls off. The grafted word of God you got to have over you constantly, consistently, not just one hour on Sunday morning, but you got to have it with you on Monday. You got to have the word on you on Tuesday. You got to have the word on you on Wednesday. You got to have the word on you on Thursday. You got to have the word going on Friday, on Saturday. Come back Sunday, charged up with the word of God. No wonder we can't live victorious because we're constantly dependent on something we didn't hear. Oh, I got to hurry. I'm not even half done. Oh, my, my, my. I knew this was going to get tight, and it ain't tight yet to where it's about to get. About to better get them kids out. It's going to start a fight in here. We got to let the words sink down into our hearts. You can't force yourself to think faith. Faith comes by hearing. Oh, I'm going to think good thoughts. I'm going to think positive thoughts. No, that's not how you get faith. Come on. Faith comes by you speaking what you don't see. Because when you hear yourself speak it, wow. Huh? Some of the stuff I preach from the pulpit, I'm like, I do a replay in the afternoon. And I say, oh, God, you got to come up with that one. Because <laughs> I don't even have a clue why I said that. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing. Some things I speak out that I don't, it wasn't in me, it wasn't even in my spirit. I didn't even plan to say, and all of a sudden it's out there, and I'm saying, oh, God, help me get that faith to make that work. You understand what I'm saying? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. We get up in here. Giants are going to fall. It ain't going to fall because you danced. It's not going to fall because you praised. It's going to fall because you had faith. God says in the middle of what you're going through, I swear I'm going to bless you. I swear in blessing I'm going to bless you. In multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. God has given you a promise, I'm going to bless you. And you can do it with nothing but a rag and a rock. But you can do it, just swing it on. Whew. Don't keep your giant waiting. Come on. You'll understand that better here in a day or two. To bring the giant... <laughs> Woo. Mm, I got all ahead of myself, so I've lost my place, so we might as well go. <laughs> Woo. Our God is able to save us. That God is able to save our souls through the hearing of the word. Amen? Save your body from the hearing of, by the hearing of the word. Save your that inner man, that crazy guy you'd have to deal with on a daily basis and does stupid stuff. You know what? That word will still heal him. So if you don't, if we don't care, 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 care if we don't see it right now, we got to get the word in us. Come on, there's stuff I've seen this week. I said, oh, God, I don't like that. He said, get to the word. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you're saved by what you hear. When we get the word in us, it's all we need. That's it. 
the word. We would be able to graft our character into things that were not there. It would just be happening in us. And grafting takes time. And happen overnight. You have to continually listen. Amen. And the third son, I'm going to go to him. I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to end up. That third son is joined to. Levi means to be joined, to be connected, to be focused, or to be committed. This little message that I'm going to preach here for a few minutes, we got ceremonies and weddings, but we don't have marriage. We got people join the church and come up here for everybody to shake their hand and welcome them in here, but they're not committed. If everybody that's joined this church in the last two years was here, we'd have to put chairs out. Sunday. You know why? Because they're they're members, but they're not committed. Oh, I told you it's gonna get rough. Mm-hmm. My wife's saying, preach, hurry up. Oh. They get they move in together. They get tax deduction. But marriage is more than I do. You aren't joined because the first little wind that blows. There goes our union. Because the first storm that comes, the weakness, the little test, they have no root, they are not have no connectivity, they are joined, but they are not committed. They're there for the convenience. People want sex, but they don't want to pay bills. Oh, I knew it's gonna get tight. It goes up through the motions of being committed, but we're not committed. Give me what I want. You don't give me what I want. I'm out of here. Oh, we have no understanding to our responsibility to any relationship. You cannot have a relationship without having exchange. It's called reciprocity. Giving back for what you receive. People come to church. They want you the church to give, but what are you giving? Well, I give a George Washington. That ought to be good for a month. There's more George Washingtons come to church than Christians. Can't have a relationship without exchange. You get in a relationship not to just get and not give back. A relationship that you just do all the getting and no giving back is going to die. People come to work to take a job, but they're not committed. They just want the check. First kid to get sick, they call in. Come on, takes a whole family, has to stay home, blow that poor kid's nose. You don't understand reciprocity. Everybody wants money. Everybody, but are you willing to give at least as good as you get? Well, I brought my check home. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't get a trophy because you brought your check home. If you work and make a living, it belongs to your family. I told you it's going to get tight in here. Oh. I said, no, God, I don't want to do this. 
That's why people don't stay anywhere or work for anyone. Because you never had Levi. You never was, you never were committed. You showed up, but you weren't committed. You collected the anniversaries and a lot of birthdays. You have plaques on the wall, but you've never been a person that can't they can be because they've never locked into commitment. Mm. I would hate to have lived and never and die not knowing what I could have been if I'd been committed. Some people have never thrown their whole self into anything. They may have one foot in, one foot out. Every dream of your life, you got one foot in, one foot out, and you wonder why it ain't working. Come on, God's not going to bless a, a business that you're not committed to. God's not going to bless a life that you're not committed to. You never become fully engaged. You never fully studied. You never invested for anything, for anybody, but you just want to get something. We've raised a generation that all they know is, hey, somebody's going to make it happen for me. So, and if you don't, I'm mad at you. I won't speak to you for the next two weeks. I ain't come back to that church. That preacher didn't feed me. He didn't take me to McDonald's. He didn't buy my lunch. He didn't even buy my cigarettes. Come on, I ain't going back to that church because they don't do what they're supposed to do. They eat Christians. Hey, what you need to do is get committed. Give back for what you received. Woo! My, 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 my. Oh. Without reciprocity, the relationship will never reach an apex. It will always be on the rocks. It will always be in the mud. It will always be trying to make it work, and it can't. So what you're doing, what you're doing is getting the blessing. You come into church, and you're just getting crumbs. Huh? That's a puppy dog blessing. Just get it because you're at the right place at the right time. But you can't get the children's bread because you won't pay the price. You won't move in there and have Levi and get joined and get connected and say, church, what can I do? Come on, we always looking for help. It's quiet in here. I asked the Lord to let me preach this on Sunday night. He said, all them people already know it. Wonder what would have happened if you were in school, you'd have been committed. When you got married the first time, you'd have been. In your marriage, what about your church? If you would have thrown your whole self in, we have always been casual but not committed. Come on, there's some people, I can't join every church. I can't join every committee. I can't be everywhere. I can't join. I can't be married to a thousand women. Commitment. Commitment. We're running around trying to make it work. You know, there's some relationships. I'd like to be friendly with people, and I'd like to be real close friends, but I can't. It costs too much. Come on, I have to pick and choose who I'm going to let in my circle. Not because I don't like you, not because I don't want you, but because it costs something. If I'm going to be your friend, I have to answer every call. I can't screen them. Come on, y'all. 
Truth's going to set us free this morning. I know y'all. Oh, the pastor's called. What does he want? I had to call him back. Oh. Oh. Y'all get ready. Come on back to the piano. I'm not done. Oh. Should have been 30 or 60 fold, and we're, we should have been 100 fold, and we're dealing with a 30 and 60 fold because we weren't committed. Half bringing back what God wants us to bring. He wants you to be a hundredfold. He wants you to be a hundredfold blessing. There's four things that I want to talk about this morning real quick. I'm not going to stay on any one of them very long. Every church will tell you, every pastor will tell you, the most talented people in their congregation are not in their praise and worship. The most committed people are in the praise and worship. Come on, y'all. Because the most talented have learned to lay on their talent. And they think, you think they're committed because of the talent they got. But they don't want to commit to practice. And we, uh, bless God, we got some talented people in our praise and worship. But there are others that could be. But they had rather not commit. Saving my yes. Some people's life is a false advertisement. They're a big four-color, huge advertisement. But they do not have the product in their inventory that they're advertising. Come on. Don't know people like that, don't you? We tend to want to have Levi first. Let me praise you, Lord. Let me, let me worship you. Let me dance before you and have Levi first. I'll just dance up here. I won't be committed, but I'll just... Can't have... Judah, until you have Levi. Amen? There's four things that you got to be committed to. The first one is your God. The God that gave to you. I want you to ask yourself this morning, am I giving back to you, God? Even half as much as you gave to me. Commit your first commitment is to God. Lord, am I giving my all to you this morning? Am I totally sold out? Am I walking before you? Am I witnessing everywhere I go? Am I giving back for what you gave to me? Reciprocity, the relationship will not last when it's one-sided. Come on. Your number two is to your family. Your second commitment is to your family. Got to give back to your kids, to your grandkids, 
Come on. You changed their dirty bottoms when they were little. They better not leave you when you come to the nursing home and not visit you. Amen. They better not. It's called reciprocity. You give back for what you got for you. Your mama didn't leave you on no street. She didn't leave you for no nurse to wait on. Ooh. I don't know why you old people ain't shouting. Oh, God. The third commitment is to your church. Your third commitment is to your church. I, I think I've covered that enough. You got to give back for what you receive. These people up in here praying for you, fasting for you, and you have show up. People over here lowing, loving on you, giving on, giving to you, and you say, I ain't got no commitment there. I ain't no love loss. I don't feel like going today. Number four. Your fourth commitment is to your dream. How many has a dream in this house? How many knows what God has called you to do? Don't let any devil cheat you out of your dream. Don't let any devil lie to you and make you not give back to your dream. Because God gave you that dream for a reason. And if you don't have the other three commitments in place, this fourth one will not work. Several people, they don't know why they ain't making it work. I fasted, I prayed about it. Well, you tried to have leave Judah and skip Levi. You got to go back and bring up Levi and get committed. Commit yourself. Commit yourself. Commit yourself. Ask God this morning, Lord, what do you want me to do to commit? Somebody's going to get free in this house this morning. Somebody's about to walk out of here with a commitment saying, I'm going to do it my part. I'm going to commit to my God. I'm going to commit to my family. I'm going to commit to my church. And I'm going to commit and see my dream happen. Because not one of them will work without the other one. Come on, how many we got in this house this morning will stand and say this preaching is for me. I'm coming up. <laughs> 